Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Our friends at Green Mountain Dental Group have taken great care of all of our DNVR members over the years, especially those that made the permanent switch. And despite the lockout, there are a lot of Rockies fans out there with pearly white smiles these days. Thanks to Green Mountain Dental Group. Best part, when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam with them, you're going to receive a free Sonicare toothbrush from Green Mountain Dental Group, located only 15 minutes from downtown Denver. That's your first pitch. Now let's play ball. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Strava CBD coffee is going to improve the quality of your morning since it's rich in CBD and CBG and can help with both chronic headaches and joint pains. In fact, even more than that, first time users, you can now get 25% off your first purchase when you use code DNVR25 at StravaCraftCoffee.com. I am your host, Patrick Lyons. And on today's DNVR Rockies podcast, we've got some more real baseball news, Rockies news, and lots of it. Updates from around the league, lots of transaction, and lots of player audio, player interviews with both Ryan McMahon and a minor league invite named Zach Lee that has a very interesting story. Nice conversation with him, one of those guys battling for a spot either in the rotation, in the bullpen, he'll break all of that down. But let's start with one of the biggest names attached to the Rockies right now. He's not a Rocky just yet. Maybe by the time you're listening to this Tuesday morning, you'll already know that Chris Bryant is a Rocky. He's not at the time of recording, but he's a player that the Rockies are clearly fascinated in. They nearly took him in the 2013 MLB draft. Of course, Cubs were selecting Ahead of the Rockies, it was all part of their tanking strategy at the time. So they slipped in front of the Rockies, got Chris Bryant. Rockies ended up taking John Gray. Seems to have worked out really for both clubs in many different ways. Now, Bryant is one of the top free agents on the market. A guy who is not a true utility player because he doesn't need to move around to numerous positions. He could be a star third baseman. He'd be a star first baseman, star corner outfielder. He could do any of those things. He's in a pinch, a center fielder. Don't really know if he's in a pinch, a shortstop. He has played there uh, competently, but really we're talking about putting him in one of the corners, being a power bat that can hit 30 home runs, drive in 100 runs, and he makes any team he's on that much better. And so it will be very interesting to see if the Rockies can actually make this deal come to fruition. Something I put out on Twitter early on Monday was just the interesting symmetry 
in this situation with the one that occurred in the 2018-19 offseason, that being when DJ LeMahieu left and received ultimately the same contract he did with the Yankees as the Rockies gave to Daniel Murphy, both two years, $24 million. Obvious symmetry there between that and the potential with Trevor Story getting the same amount of money, if not maybe less than what the Rockies are going to throw at Chris Bryant. Now, the symmetry that I really find in all of that is just simply that letting DJ LeMahieu go is now very clearly seen in hindsight as a mistake. Many of you out there, let us know on the DNVR Rockies podcast right away that this was a mistake as it was happening. We said as such as well. And we already know Trevor's story is, is gone. That door has closed partially because the Rockies have signed Jose Iglesias to play shortstop. Today, we spoke with Bud Black, who said, you know what, go ahead and pencil him in, in the darkest shade of pencil, in the heaviest type of lead that there is, a B9 graphite pencil, whatever it may be. Jose Iglesias starting shortstop. He'll be batting down in the bottom of the lineup. So story, not going to be coming back. And we may look back in a few years and say, you know what, that was a mistake, regardless of what was going on out there. And so it should be noted that LeMahieu was offered a much larger deal than the two-year, $24 million contract that was ultimately given to Daniel Murphy. The bottom kind of fell out of his market in many ways. He wanted more from Rocky's camp. Rocky's did make a competitive offer to LeMahieu, but nevertheless, both parties went their separate ways. And it will be interesting to see if this scenario will play out like that one. Obviously, we hope that's not the case. We'll miss Trevor's story, but we hope that if Chris Bryant is the next guy who steps up to bat in the middle of this lineup, it works out to be nothing but gangbusters. Rockies have long said that they need more power, particularly in the outfield. Cal Schwarber still dangling out there in free agency. We're hearing the Toronto Blue Jays as a potential suitor looking to increase the power in the middle of their lineup. I've long thought that the market for Schwarber is going to be a lot more favorable to a smaller market club like the Rockies. Bryant is very much a superstar, has those Hollywood good looks, has a rookie of the year MVP under his belt. And so that's going to come with it a little additional bonus in regards to his contract. Schwarber, not quite as much. And so I don't think you have to go over the $100 million mark on him. Two other outfielders who've been kicked around as potential matches for the Rockies, that being Michael Conforto and Nick Castellanos. The issue with both of these players is not the player themselves. It is the fact that you will have to sacrifice a draft pick. We know that the qualifying offer may, may being underlined, something that is taken out of this CBA. Odd wrinkle where they're going to negotiate that as the season goes on. But even if they get rid of the qualifying offer, that is still going to be attached to players who got the QO this past offseason. So Trevor Story, wherever he ends up signing, the Rockies will still get a pick, even if the qualifying offer system goes away entirely. Same is going to be true for Michael Conforto and Nick Castellanos. If the Rockies sign one of these two players, the Rockies will have to forfeit their third highest selection. And the whole point about keeping Trevor Story around for the entirety of the year was to get another draft pick, which they value so much. So giving up one doesn't make 
all that much sense. It really impacted the Rockies in a negative way when they signed Ian Desmond following the 2016 season, and they ended up losing the 11th overall pick in the 2017 draft. And we've seen how this system in the minors has been impacted by a decision like that. So I really think those two guys are off the table, regardless of how cheap they may come. It is very costly to have to give up that third highest draft pick. Jorge Soler, Jack Peterson, also outfielders dangling out in the wind as potential suitors for the Rockies this offseason. And, well, I guess we're no longer in the offseason. We're both in the offseason and right at the front end of the offseason in spring training. It's it's crazy talking about what the Rockies roster is going to look like with the rest of the media. And we're getting tweets by the second about players getting traded from here and there, various contracts that are being floated around. It's it's a wild time, but it's an exciting time. After all the damage that was done during the lockout, it's really nice to know baseball's back and they're really making up for some lost time, I think, in a major, major way. One other rumor out there for the Rockies, Albert Pujols, seems like they are not really in the mix for them. It does go against everything Bill Schmidt and the organization has said about utilizing their DH. It's something that teams that play at sea level do. It's something that American League teams have long been utilizing in the past decade or so. For every David Ortiz, as there was a permanent designated hitter that was going out there and putting up serious numbers. For every Victor Martinez and Nelson Cruz, there were three other teams that were just using it as a rotational spot for their ninth guy on the bench, whoever it was that day, or an off day for their starters. And I think that's correct. I think that's the best thing for the Rockies to do at this point. Eventually, there may come a time in which they need just a big bat in the lineup, especially one that can produce consistently at the plate, even if it means taking away an off day from a more veteran player. Eventually, there will come a time in which the Rockies will have to do that. But for right now with this roster, I think it makes a lot of sense to have some flexibility and really bounce that DH spot around wherever you need it, depending on the matchup. If it's a righty, if it's a lefty, starting that game, whatever it may be. One other major note for the Rockies, they did sign Chad Cool to a major league deal worth reported $3 million dollars. Cool, of course, spent the last five-plus seasons with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Did miss the 2019 season with Tommy John surgery, but he's been very consistent. A 4.44 career ERA, that coming off of a rookie season in 2016 where he had a 4.20 ERA, then 4.35, 4.55. After Tommy John surgery in 2020, came back and made nine starts, 4.27. And this past year, 4.82 ERA. So very consistent guy, a ground ball pitcher is going to fit in fairly well, I think, in this rotation. It's going to pair nicely with Jose Iglesias, a shortstop that just gobbles up baseball. And the addition of Cool to the roster is an important one. For the entire offseason, I I mentioned how Ty Block could be a very important guy for the Rockies, signed a minor league deal, another one of those Colorado natives coming into the organization. Love to see that. Caught up with J.D. Hammer today. Kid from Fort Collins. We'll have to play that audio at some point during the next week or two. Very excited to be in the clubhouse. Love talking with that young man. But Block, I thought in particular, could be a guy that 
the Rockies use as the fifth starter spot for the first few weeks of the season. Maybe you catch lightning in a bottle and he's there for the first half, but eventually you need to make room for Peter Lambert. If he is back and healthy, ready to go after his Tommy John surgery in 2020, his rehab in 2021 or top pitching prospect, Ryan Rawlson, really just keeping the seat warm for two guys who may not be ready yet and ready, not ability wise. Certainly, you could possibly point to that if you go back and look at some of their numbers, but they really had a segmented 2021 season. For Lambert, it's about making sure he ramps up properly and doesn't overdo it. And for Rawlson, a player who missed all of 2020 and in 2021 had two freak injuries that really set him back in a major way. Chad Cool is great insurance for the starting rotation. They will have to make room on the 40-man roster. Seems like the obvious move would be to place Scott Oberg on the 60-day IAL as he's still battling with those blood clots. And we'll kind of wait and see. We'll catch up with him this week to find out how his health has been if if there is a comeback in the future for him. Bottom line is, just got to hope he's healthy. Whatever happens after that is just icing on the cake. And speaking of dessert, I have never had dessert at the DNVR bar. Full disclosure, I have to. I've seen people trying different treats there and it always looks so delicious there they always have smiles on their faces because of how delicious it is it certainly helps that the nuggets and the abs are playing there i've seen it in the past with broncos games looking forward to seeing it very soon with our rockies watch parties and i know it's going to be going down for buffs and rams as colorado has two teams in march madness hopefully they can win two games coming up over the next weekend get themselves into some sweet 16 action. Really, it is going down on the corner of Colfax and York, especially when you can get a member-sized beer. When you're a member at the DNVR, you get extra raffle tickets at the watch parties, and you know your annual membership. If you don't have one already, it's going to get you a free shirt at dnvrlocker.com. And of course, no matter what you're chomping on at the DNVR bar, you can swallow it down with a little Brecken Brew with a little Breckenridge Brewery official beer and official seltzer. That's right. It's called Good Company Hard Seltzer, and it's now available at the DNVR bar. We keep it in stock just barely. If you have trouble doing that or you would like to have trouble keeping it in stock in your own home, King Supers, Costco, just about anywhere, get that 15-can sampler, the tap pack for number 15, Rymel Tapia, all kinds of delicious flavors, from the black cherry, honeydew, you name it. You're going to be surprised. Reach in there. See what you pull out. It's going to be a wild card, and you're going to love it. It's Breckenridge Breweries, good company, hard seltzer. And while I'm already talking about companies I love, I got to mention Athletic Greens, a company that allows me to be proactive in my health every single day, even when I'm on the road out here in Scottsdale, Arizona. In fact, you can do the same with five free travel packs with your first purchase on athleticgreens.com slash ROC, the first three letters of Rockies. What Athletic Greens is, it's just one scoop every morning that allows your body to absorb 75 high-quality vitamins, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, minerals, and adaptogens to start your day the right way. It gives you that mental clarity and alertness. It's a micro habit with big benefits. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D, not to mention those five free travel packs that you can take with you if you're going on the road, whether that be down here to Arizona to catch some spring training 
or just on your next business trip or family trip, whatever it may be, good health does not need to take an off day. And Athletic Greens is helping you do that. Athleticgreens.com slash ROC, the first three letters of Rockies. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. As I mentioned, we are now allowed back into the clubhouse. First time in two years, pretty much almost two years in one day to the start of the pandemic. If you remember March 13th, really was when everything shut down. It was a Friday the 13th. Sports started shutting down even before that, a day or two prior. And wild time, but you know what? We are getting better. We are in a much better place. And this was obviously a great example of that. Really honored in many ways to be the first one in the clubhouse. Beat everybody down to the ballpark bright and early for that 7.45 a.m. call. So I thought that was pretty cool. Didn't get balloons. Didn't get any graffiti and and bells and whistles like that. But you know what? I'll take it. It was really cool to see all the guys and catch up with the entire starting rotation. This week, you'll hear that audio from Herman Marquez, Austin Gomber, as well as Kyle Freeland. All of those guys talking about the rotation being the strength of this clubhouse and being leaders for this team. You know, they really had something last season when all five guys, we'll throw John Gray in that. I know he's no longer here, but even him had those stretches from anywhere from nine to 12 consecutive starts where they weren't just good. They were really good. They were almost dominant at times. Gomber himself, especially Freeland too. And obviously we know what Herman Marquez can do a no hit stuff on any given night. So those guys, even without their buddy and really former leader, former veteran guy, John Gray, no longer in the clubhouse, those guys are ready. They're ready to lead this team. Gotta love that baseball is the only sport where the defense has control of the baseball. And the Rockies have four very good starters right now controlling that ball. It will be interesting to see how Chad Cool fits in to this rotation, and if he can in any way match the abilities of the other four. I do want to catch you up to speed with the rest of the NL West, particularly because there's been some interesting movements going on with just about every team. Some good, some bad, some will make you wince. Some might make you think, hey, you know what? The Rockies may be pointed in a slightly better direction than we had them on our bingo card if that makes some sense. Padres, Fernando Tatis Jr. Wrist fracture is going to have him sidelined for three months. It was an injury apparently happened while he was riding his motorcycle. And despite the fact that the club has some reason to void his contract, they're not going to do that, probably because it's only going to be three months. Obviously, very, very might be an understatement extremely frustrated with that. But when you have a 14-year deal, you sign with a player of his caliber this young, and there's still 12 and a half years left of it, well, you may have to just suck it up. But I I would have to say this is probably strike one and strike two at the same time. So that 14-year, $340 million deal signed at the beginning of last offseason, still in place for Tatis. And other injury news, Diamondbacks starter Zach Gallon questionable for opening day due to a shoulder issue. Gallon pairs very nicely with Madison Bumgarner. I really think is almost a young mad bum 
in many ways, a, a guy who's just so sneaky good. And when healthy, I think Rockies have seen him pitch. He's one of those undervalued, underrated guys that if you're on either coast, you may not know or appreciate how good Zach Allen is, but he's going to be out. And Diamondbacks already struggling a team that, you know, is going to be really vying for fourth or fifth place with the Rockies. Again, we'll see what the Rockies do with the outfield to see if maybe they could sneak into a third place spot in the division, maybe second place. It sounds crazy, but you never know. You never know. And with there being the additional wild card, we're really just going to have to wait and see. Think about it like this, friends. If the Rockies can catch fire and be good enough through the early parts of July, GM Bill Schmidt can work a little bit of magic, bring in some new players, bring in some mercenaries, and really get the Rockies to the finish line. So is this team good enough to make it interesting by the beginning of July? I don't know. We are still going to have to see. Diamondbacks also signed Ian Kennedy. He's going to look real nice with Mark Melanson in the back of that bullpen as they try to figure a couple things out. They're still very much in rebuild mode, but in the meantime, in a world in which it seems somewhat impossible to tank right now, at least that was the hope with this latest CBA, you got to say, hey, you know what? Diamondbacks are going out there, fortifying their bullpen, a lot like the Rockies did with Alex Colomay. So they're going to be a little bit stronger there in the eighth and ninth inning. How about the Giants? Two moves for them. Carlos Martinez signs a one-year, $2.5 million deal. If he's healthy and Giants pitching coaches can get him back on track, that's a scary good deal for them. Giants have a way of working that magic with their starters, with a lot of their relievers, and having these reclamation projects and doing a really good job in revitalizing their career. So Carlos Martinez... He's in the wrong hands, folks. He's in the wrong hands. He's with the Giants, and that could be incredibly interesting for San Francisco. Also interesting, they did sign White Sox starter Carlos Rodon on a two-year, $45 million pack, the left-handed starter. Does have a clause that will be guaranteed for his second year at $22.5 million if he pitches a certain amount of innings, his health, is somewhat of a question. A lot of these incentive-laden deals, I think we're going to see become the norm a lot more this offseason. And so Radone is going to be a part of that revamped Giants starting rotation. If you don't recall, Alex Cobb signed there, Alex Wood, Anthony DiSclafani re-signed, and Logan Webb, the, the man who nearly took down the Dodgers single-handedly. So Giants starting rotation still looking really solid despite the fact they lose their captain in Buster Posey to retirement. What about the Dodgers? Well, the biggest signing, of course, Clayton Kershaw. But probably 1B, Yensei Almonte. Well, no, of course, I, I kid just a little bit. But Almonte does sign a deal that could earn him $1.5 million if he makes the roster. It's a minor league deal, very incentive-laden. Again, gives him a nice little boost. And look, Rockies fans, we know what Almonte can do when he's on. It's just that he's not as on as he would like to be. And so, again, if the Dodgers work some of their magic, too much magic in the NL West. Giants got magic. Dodgers have magic. That's it. Padres definitely don't have magic. They have a. They might have a dark magic that everything they touch seems to turn not so good right now. 
But Dodgers and Giants have that magic with pitchers, so we'll kind of keep an eye on Yancy Almonte if he has some of that luck that Jake McGee had with the Dodgers in 2020. But Kershaw's deal, one year, incentive-laden, $17 million. I think he gets an additional million for every start he makes over 15 starts. It's 15, 17, 21, 23, something weird like that. And it's really a a win-win for both the Dodgers and Kershaw. And, well, what about Freddie Freeman? Rumors continue to swirl that he's going to come back to California to play for the Dodgers, who apparently don't seem to mind this new collective bargaining tax. Them and the Yankees are saying, well, look, we had to maybe dance around it a little bit here because we knew what negotiations were going to be like. But now that we've got a new CBA in place, essentially for the next five years, hey, let's just go ahead and and, and pay these taxes because it's it's well worth it. And I think what we're going to see with those true large market teams, because I think that gets thrown around maybe a bit too much. There aren't very many truly large market teams that will go out there and can afford to spend. They can afford to overspend. There's There's only a handful of them. But those teams, I think, are really going to look to add premium depth. Everybody wants depth. Rockies even have depth right now. As I said, you got Cool as your number five starter, but you also have Lambert, Rollison, Ty Block waiting in the wings. Maybe Ashton Godot, if he's not a reliever or a long reliever, he has a spot in the rotation. Nevertheless, you need depth. But teams like the Dodgers, the Red Sox, and the Yankees may look to really have starters on their bench because we have a compressed 162-game season where we're going to have a few extra double headers, And with the shortened spring training, the advantage of having incredible depth is going to be somewhat of a market inefficiency. And large market teams can very much exploit such a thing. Daylight savings time is here. So you might end up staying later than you would normally, and you might have trouble sleeping because of that. But have no fear. Lightshade, Colorado's premier dispensary, has the solution, and it's Wana. No matter when you take them, Wana Optimal's fast asleep gummies will leave you feeling rested and refreshed in the morning. It's not over-the-counter stuff that's going to leave you in a fog filled with those powerful drugs that knock you out. No, we're talking 10 milligrams of CBD, a hint of THC, perfect combination to leave your eyelids feeling heavy in just 5 to 15 minutes. And in zero minutes, you can order Wana Optimal's Fast Asleep Gummies right now at lightshade.com and get 25% off with code DNVR. Use use code DNVR at any of Lightshade's 10, soon to be 11, Denver metro area locations and use code DNVR for your discount each and every time. Well, let's wrap up the rest of the National League before we get to our interview with Ryan McMahon and Zach Lee. In the NL East, Atlanta makes the big move by acquiring Matt Olson from the Oakland A's, all but closing the door on Freddie Freeman and ending that speculation if he's going to come back. That's going to be weird. It's going to be very weird to not think of Freddie as an Atlantan anymore. But nevertheless, they give up Christian Pache, top outfield prospect, a very good catching prospect in Shea Langoliers, and two right-handed pitchers, Joey Estes and Ryan Cusick. So Atlanta getting started on what they hope to be back-to-back World Series. 
but not if the Mets have anything to say about it. They make two moves in the past week. On Monday, they signed Adam Adovino. I think that is a one-year deal, so he'll go back to his roots there in New York. The big deal, of course, another deal from the Oakland Athletics. They trade away 33-year-old right-handed pitcher Chris Bassett to the Mets for two prospects, one being JT Ginn, their second-round pick in 2020. And now you have a super rotation in many ways for the Mets. Now, granted, it's only going to last for this one year because Bassett only has one more year left on his deal. I think Taiwan Walker, similar situation, but paired with Jacob deGrom and Max Scherzer, that's a lethal rotation there in the NL East. Going down to the Capitol in D.C. Nationals, sign Nelson Cruz on a one-year $15 million pact. He will provide great lineup protection for both Josh Bell and Juan Soto. Still hard to believe that not only Nelson Cruz is doing it at his age, but yes, the DH is most definitely in the National League if Nelson Cruz is signing a one-year deal like this. Going over to the NL Central, Cubs sign Angelton Simmons on a one-year $4 million contract. little surprised that he didn't get more and very much surprised that Jose Iglesias ended up earning more with the Rockies on his one-year $5 million deal. I would have certainly flipped those two things, but both clubs, Cubs, Rockies, get a nice deal on a short-term solution at shortstop Brewers, they go and sign Andrew McCutcheon, the 35-year-old outfielder, is kind of far from his 2013 MVP campaign, nearly a decade now, that helped lift the Pirates to their first postseason and what I think was 20-plus years, 21 years. Andrew McCutcheon did that thing, so still above average, still can bring it. Not the superstar he once was, but very much a veteran leader you want to have on your team. Thought he would have been a really good fit for the Rockies, but he is going to Milwaukee. Reds, they're going the other direction. They are absolutely cleaning house. They made a couple moves in the first half of the offseason before the lockout, if you remember, trading their catcher Tucker Barnhart. I think they offloaded Wade Miley as well, but now two trades. They give up Sonny Gray and reliever Francis Peguero to the Twins for the Twins' most recent first-round pick, Chase Petty. And then on Monday, Jesse Winker, Eugenio Suarez goes to Seattle for what I see as a very underwhelming group of players. Right-handed pitcher Justin Dunn, outfielder Jake Fraley, and prospect Brandon Williamson, not to mention a player to be named later. But really, for the Reds, it was just about dumping some money, getting some cash off the books. They accomplished that, and Seattle goes in and further extends that roster that's young, that's talented. And Jerry DePoto, I think he's done enough to get this club back to the postseason. You might even consider them the Pacific Northwest version of the San Diego Padres. You certainly have to consider that with the fact of all the trades that he's made, very similar to A.J. Preller in that way. But I think folks are probably a little bit more inclined to say that, you know what, Seattle has a better chance of getting into the postseason than the Padres do right now at this point. 
the acquisition of Eugenio Suarez particularly interesting for the Mariners because I think it could end any speculation of Trevor Story going to the M's. He, of course, was speculated to go to Seattle and play third base as teams may be questioning his abilities at shortstop. Maybe he could be a second baseman. Maybe he can be a third baseman. But Mariners acquire Adam Frazier from the Padres in the first half before the lockout. And now they've got Eugenio Suarez at third base. J.P. Crawford is going nowhere at shortstop. So now Trevor Story, one less suitor for him. Minnesota Twins now poking their head in, checking in on the Trevor Story market. Strange to think of Story going to Minneapolis. But nevertheless, if you show the man the bag, he's going to take it. Well, in this interview with Ryan McMahon, he touches on the absence of Trevor Story in the clubhouse, a guy that he's worked with for the entirety of his career, a clubhouse that, of course, is still continuing to change by the day as the Rockies are still shoring up that roster. Again, we saw it with Shebler on the minor league deal, Chad Cool, Jose Iglesias, Alex Colomay all being added in the last few days with more moves speculated to come. Okay, all right, you've, you've got a team mostly back, number of young guys who did well last year. What's the next step for this club, especially offensively? Um, I think it's just growth, man. I think, like you said, we got a lot, a lot of young guys who got a lot of playing time last year, and uh, you know, it's just kind of part of the game, growing up in the game, taking those next steps as players, um, you know, expecting a lot of big years from a lot of us. So. Also, there's a lot of anticipation that you guys could go out, even augment this lineup a bit. How much are you keeping up with that, thinking about that? Yeah, I mean, we're paying attention to it. Um, obviously, it's kind of, a, kind of a frenzy right now, so it's kind of fun to pay attention to, see everything that's happening. But uh, no, I, I think we want the guys in this room, but you always want to make yourself better, so uh, we'll see what happens. How enthusiastic are you about the starting pitching staff? Granted, John Gray signed with the Rangers, but Freeland, Marquez, Senzatella, Gomber, those guys are bad. Yeah, we've got some uh, some great pitching coming back, and uh, I'm excited to watch them do their thing this year. Do you look at those guys almost as leaders on this team because of some of the accomplishments or something like that? Oh, 100%, man. I think we have a lot of good guys in this locker room, a lot of guys who care about this team and want to see this team do well. So uh, when you have a group of guys like that, that's, uh, that's a good thing to have. You're in. Uh, you're here like about a month after you would normally be. I think. Yeah. What What is your readiness level? Um, I think a lot of us have stayed pretty ready. Um, you know, there's there's nothing like game at bats, nothing like game reps. Staying out there for seven innings, believe it or not, is a little bit harder than a lot of people think. Um, you know, so we'll we'll see how it goes. But um, I think I think the coaches are going to do everything they can to have us ready on time. Is that the thing that's, that is missing most? Just like standing around. Yeah, honestly, just kind of the act of spring training is something that kind of just gets you in shape. Uh, you know, obviously the game reps are important, getting a bat, stuff like that, and nothing nothing can recreate that, so uh, those are going to be important as well. Has it, has it been strange not seeing Story around, obviously him with Greg, uh, not here? Is it been a little bit different without those guys? Yeah, you know, I mean, those are two guys I always look forward to seeing, uh, two guys I came up with. Um, you know, but that's, that's the business side of the game, and, and teammates come and go, but you know, I think those relationships last for, for forever, so... Um, I'll be pulling for them always, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy to see a lot of the guys in this room. You expect to be able to focus a lot more on third this year than even last year? Um, yeah, whatever they ask me to do, man. Um, I took ground balls at both spots, you know, just in case. Uh, you know, baseball, unfortunately, there are injuries, things like that, and you got to be able to shift around and, and do whatever you can. But, uh, yeah, talking to Buddy, uh, you know, I, I think third is going to be kind of be the primary, but he might have a little bit more clarity on that than I do. What, what has your work been 
the last couple of weeks? Are you working out with players? Uh, before this, yeah, yeah. So we have a group of us: uh, me, Brent Rogers, Garrett Hampson, a couple other guys, a couple other pro guys in the area. We were uh, driving out to Desert Vista High School, uh, taking ground balls out there. Their uh, coaching staff out there was amazing to us. They, uh, they were there five days a week whenever we wanted it. So uh, we we had some setups. We were getting some work. In. The dirt was alright. You didn't take. You didn't. They're solid. The they they took care of it. They just got their field laser leveled. Actually, yeah, yeah. Their coach took care of it. How much fun is that with high school kids? Were they out there? Were they out there getting autographs or fielding ground balls and hitting them? Too? Yeah, yeah. We had uh, so three of their guys were out there a good little bit. Um, Grant. Joey, um, another guy, and it was just it was, it was a lot of fun, man. Getting to talk to those kids, and I mean, they honestly they were pretty good. Uh, they were pretty good defenders, so uh, it was fun to get out there and work with them. Now Zach Lee is going to be one of those really heartwarming stories. A guy who has bounced around a little bit to several different stops, but this one-on-one was really interesting to just get to know the man and get to know what he's gone through in his career, a career that really could have taken a completely different route, and that being a completely different route, one that would have potentially taken him to the NFL. As it were, he's a big league player who actually earned his first win against the Colorado Rockies as a member of the San Diego Padres. So I hope you enjoy this interview now with right-handed pitcher Zach Lee. Patrick Lyons here with Zach Lee of the Colorado Rockies. Zach, first off, how was... Your off season obviously much more unusual than normal. Uh, yeah, I mean, going into it, not sure exactly what was going to happen. Uh, not only from uh, the CBA, all that kind of stuff, but even career-wise, what what was going to happen. Uh, looking at last year, it wasn't necessarily one of my better years. wasn't necessarily one of my worst years. So it was kind of trying to figure out what I needed to improve on um, and how I was going to get a job going into this off season and was able to kind of figure some things out mechanically and do some things differently to, you know, get a little bump and stuff and uh, was very fortunate enough to uh, be put in some in front of some people that were able to get me over here. Despite not having a, a team to play for, is your workout regimen pretty much going to be the same regardless? Yeah, I mean, everyone kind of has their idea of what they need to do to prepare. Um, especially when you've been playing the game as long as you ha- or, uh, have. It's one of those things of you have an idea of what you need uh, in order to get ready for spring training and just kind of staying ready and um, getting yourself in the best position so when things do start, you're not necessarily behind anyone else and you're uh, feeling good and ready to go. What would be the general scouting report you would say on yourself right now? Uh, I mean, for the most part, um, you know, Command, command the ball pretty well. Have done that my whole entire career. Um, like I said, hopefully a little uptick in velo as far as the fastball goes. Uh, Cutter's always been a really good pitch of mine, and then probably mostly uh, curveball or changeup kind of as the as the secondary pitches, and just kind of attack with those three or four. Been with a couple teams, obviously, in the last few years. Is there any benefit from that as far as maybe getting different perspectives and things of that nature when you go from a couple different teams? Uh, I mean, you try. You try to pick up everyone from, uh, you know, different players, different uh, different coaching staffs or whatnot. I mean, especially when you're kind of grinding through the minor leagues, you're trying to pick up any information that you can possible to uh, to kind of turn over that next step and try to get you up to the big leagues and stay up there. Um, you see a lot of guys even, you know, going from team to team in the big leagues that are trying to get guys input and guys information because we're all just trying to get better. We're trying to perform the best we can. Is that harder to get into a rhythm because of that kind of change? Uh, maybe a little bit. I think the biggest thing is, you know, 
the stability aspect of the offseason is a little bit different. Um, going year to year, knowing you know, you're going to have to fight or try to find a job every year is a little bit uh, unstable, a little bit um, you know, timid kind of going into the offseason, but uh, I've been fortunate enough to find jobs throughout the, uh, throughout the course of my career, and hopefully this one sticks. Do you remember your first career victory? Yeah, against the Rockies. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was against Rossi with uh with the Padres, yeah. Uh kind of a weird circumstance, but uh <laughs> threw the ball pretty well in a day game and uh was able to get the win out of it. Yeah, it's interesting how things come around that way, right? For sure. I mean I was looking at, you know, the schedule this uh this off season, it was just kinda of funny of uh, you know, if the regular season were to open up the regular way it was, it was Dodgers first who I got drafted with, Colorado or uh we go to Padres next, who I played with. Then we come back home where I get, uh, to the Denver, where I got my first win. Um, and vice versa, even if if for some reason I was starting the year in AAA in Albuquerque, that's where I first started my Albuquer- uh, AAA career, too, was in Albuquerque. So all kind of coming back full circle, for sure. Um, somewhat ironic, hopefully uh, coincidental in a, in a good way for me. I mean, I imagine you probably have some experience pitching at that ballpark in Albuquerque. I mean, were you a minor leaguer there with the Dodgers? Yeah, so um, in 14 was my first year in AAA, so I pitched a full year there in Albuquerque um, with the Dodgers back before y'all, y'all took over, and we flew over to OKC at the time. So I uh, definitely got pitching. I mean, obviously, AAA numbers I got. I don't even know how many innings now, seven, 800 innings in at the AAA East or PCL or whatever you want to call it. Um, so, I mean, I have experience pitching in elevation. Um, I, I know how my stuff will play. Uh, and a lot of that's just confidence going out there, uh, executing pitches regardless of where you're at. I mean, uh, as we all know, ballparks all play differently. You sometimes have to pitch to the ballpark. Sometimes you have to pitch to your stuff that day. And it's just uh, a matter of figuring out which one's which. Have you ever experienced the automatic ball strike system? Because one of the interesting wrinkles of news that have just come out is that AAA West will actually have that, that robo-umpire situation there. Just curious if you've experienced that or what your general thoughts are on it. I have not. Um, I'll be interested to see how they adjust it, uh, if they adjust uh, hitter to hitter or if it's the same. You know, you got a guy like Jose Altuve, his strike zone is going to be a lot smaller than Aaron Judge. Uh, and on top of that, you know, kind of where things cross at the plate. You know, you got guys who have big curveballs that may be, you know, 18 inches of break or so. Sit at the front of the plate, back of the plate. Um, I've never really experienced it. I could see where, you know, hitters will adjust, pitchers will adjust to it. Um, but I could also see where there might be some adjustments on the, the actual figuring out of the zone as well. So it'll be interesting to see kind of as we progress forward with it. Um, I don't necessarily have negative or positive thoughts about it. It's just kind of uh, another adjustment they have to make in game and kind of figure it out as you go. Is it fair to say with the art of pitching in the past, you're finessing the umpire, and now you're finessing a machine? A little bit, yeah, um, for sure. Uh, You know, I I think a big part of it is, you know, depending on – Game-wise, you're talking about umpire-wise, yeah, it's part of the game of, you know, guys giving you a little bit more outside or inside, kind of cheating or favoring that side. Um, This may not be the case now, but it may be a a case of, you know, I think with the the strikes, and I think it'll be a little bit more favorable going up and down than it will side to side. So I think it may have a little bit better effect for guys who carry balls up in the zone. Uh, curveball rather than like the cutter cutter, uh, cutter sinker guys. Um, so it's just an adjustment. I mean, there's been numerous, you know, 
rule changes throughout the course of baseball to an extent um, that you have to kind of adjust to back and forth, and the game will evolve, and uh, ultimately the play of the game will kind of stay the same, and hopefully uh, we continue to progress forward in a positive way. And then finally, your football career. Uh, Did you uh, potentially have a chance to play at LSU? Yeah, a long time ago. Um, Yeah, I mean, that was... 10, well now, 12, 12 years ago, uh, I was going to go there play football, so I'll, I'll still uh, go out and throw football every once in a while, um, especially, you know, back when I was, yeah, I think I'm going to be more of relieving here, but starting career was a little bit more of day after long toss, try to throw the football, kind of get a little bit longer at throwing, still enjoy doing it, doing it in the off season somewhat, I carry the ball up here pretty much everywhere I go, um, Kind of one of those things, just spitting on organization and rules and all that kind of stuff if, uh, if I can throw. So uh, I had a good time back there. I'm actually uh, about to start retaking classes at LSU and online and try to uh, start progressing towards the degree and finishing it up that. So uh, have nothing but, uh, but good times about that, those days. What, what would your degree be in? Uh, right now it's going to be uh, probably sports administration, um, with like a leadership uh, kind of concentration, something of that nature. Um, looked into a couple different things. I mean, way back in the day, uh, when I was originally going to go, I was looking into biomechanical engineering, but with playing and all that, uh, <laughs> and the age aspect of that as well, don't have the time that I want to put towards that. Um, so I kind of had to pivot and adjust and try to do something that I could still be involved in sports and, and in the game if I wanted to be after I get done playing. Remember, the DNVR right now is only 50 cents for your first month and an annual membership. Gets you a free shirt at dnvrlocker.com. Make sure you're following us for all the best exclusive content of Colorado Rockies baseball here in the first week of spring training. Games start Thursday, so we're super excited about that. On Twitter, it's at dnvr underscore Rockies. I'm at Patrick D. Lyons. And if you get the chance, or if you make the chance, we'd appreciate a review anywhere you listen to podcasts. That kind of feedback is always appreciated. Hit me up on my email, patrick at the dnvr.com. Love hearing from you guys out there. Are you going to spring training? Are you going to opening day? How do you feel? Who should they go after? Bryant would be fantastic in Colorado. Schwarber would be a mistake. Let me know, patrick at the dnvr.com. Or just, again, hit me up on Twitter. This has been fantastic. It's been fun. I love it. I love doing this. Thank you guys for listening in. But you know what they say about momentum. It's only as good as tomorrow's podcast. So I will talk to you then.